How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the 19th Hole brought to you by Golf Talk Live. I am Alan DePew. I am your host. And I am joined by my panel today, Andy Hydorn of Sportsbox. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hola. And Boston Bob Baldessari of Reimagine Golf. It's a joy always to be with you. It is. And you know what? Noticeably absent because this is a elevated field event tonight. So we have <laughs> uh, outside the golf rankings are the prettiest podcaster in golf, Christian Nazamus and uh, Brendan Elliott. But we wish them well. They both had uh, prior commitments on the road doing some assignments. But uh Dude, we got the big been, three. I've, dude, I've been <laughs> saving that the entire time we were pre-gaming because I was going to say that. Three. Huh? Big three. Did big AD, three. Come on, Andy. AD pulled a good one out right there. Give me a little props. <laughs> he, he, just, he just poured some water on your fire, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so hey, Dell match play. End of an era. We talked about that last week. Now we're actually going to dive into it a little bit more. We're going to do Don't Be That Guy. We're going to talk about Mike Trout. Mike Trout? Talking about him during a golf podcast. Hmm. And I got a surprise for you guys. So, Andy, Dell match play. You know, again, not to, to continue to beat this drum that I always beat, but it's the it's the events in the venues that are the stars and i say that all the time in regards to live but but really it's it's kind of true watching the dell and watching how much austin country club has become just such an incredible venue for a match play event and um you know you you recognize the holes you know what's coming up you know what's what's in front of the players and there's a bunch of birdies out there and it's just such an awesome place. And it's sad to see it go. Um, and I'll say too, that, that it was, it was, uh, it was a great event. It looked like up until the 11th hour of the semifinal matches, it was going to be Scotty Scheffler and Rory, but it ended up being neither of those two guys. Um, but still, out now a great event um and sad to see it go so i i said again as we were pre-gaming here that i i was i was at the uh, course busy day 61 degrees in uh in jersey and we were hopping so i walked out and i'm like man this is the way i i literally even said to tommy my one uh cart guy i'm like i said tommy this is the way it's meant to be Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, final, the probably the two best guys playing golf right now. You could, of course, make the argument for Rom, but this is the way it is meant to be at the Dell match play. And then I get home and I flip on Sports Center, and it wasn't either of them. And in fact, I even said it was Max Homa, but <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, I missed it all. 
that's why that's the beauty of match play. That's why match play needs to stay on the PGA Tour. That's why golf has been played with match play for hundreds of years. And well, to Andy's point too, I, I love that because you got continuity with Austin Country Club. You know the holes coming up that 18th hole. Um, you've got history that was starting to, I don't know, bud a little bit, uh, grow a little bit, uh, perk up a little bit at Austin Country Club. God, I hope they keep a match play championship of some sort. Um, I mean, you had Scotty Scheffler with Jason Day with that sportsmanship. I mean, you don't see that usually in the stroke play. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Jason Day pulls it left on one of the holes. He's on the tee, slams his driver like we always do. He looks down. Scheffler's in his caddy stop to the right of the tee, has a better perspective, says, hey, Jason, I think he can drop up there. It didn't really come into play per se at the end of the, the match, but then you got Scheffler's shot on 17 on Saturday. I mean, he almost hold it. You got Rory's drive. I was I was almost laughing when I saw on Twitter, greatest drive ever. I'm like, have you ever heard of Arnold Palmer at Cherry Hills? I mean, there's <laughs> been some great drives. Um, Sam Burns play in the last day. Yeah, I mean, it's um, he I, I love history. I love the history of the, the match play. Lionel Hebert was the last winner of the match play before it went to stroke play. Um, you know, it's, I, I hope they keep it out there. Look at, look at Boston Bob dropping some history on us there, Andy. I, well, he is the historian. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I believe that, that they'll find a way to make this, not this particular same event. They'll find a way to, to squeeze a match play event back in, I believe. I heard rumor has it that Golf Talk Live will be the match play sponsor. You keep saying that, but um, no. What's the checkbook? The checkbook looked pretty healthy last week. Uh, no. <laughs> no. He ran out of Jameson, so the checkbook's back in the negative. Ironically, oh, maybe that was, ironically, that was the... we did, ironically, we did run out of Jameson. <laughs> well, that was the match play between you and Christian coming up. I'm sorry. Yeah, something different, different. Okay, dude. If yeah. if it was a match play before with Chris, I've told Andy before we I hit record, Bobby. I I walked six holes today because I got to lose the girth, and I missed the green thirty yards left from sixty yards out. Uh, could be your alignment. <laughs> <laughs> and unless you're a left-handed golfer, that's almost impossible. Oh no, I got that shot. Yep. Anybody did anybody impress at the Dell, Andy? That maybe I mean we obviously know. Look, dark. We talk about Sam Burns. I mean, is he on the cusp of being great? That's one question. Second question: Was there anybody else that you thought just was like he was there? He looked like he was there. He just didn't finish it off. I think Jason Day, uh, and I think Ricky Fowler too. I think we mentioned them last week, but but they're both really close and. And, you know, on the Sam Burns thing, Sam Burns is one of those guys. He's like Max Homa. He's like, you know, there are others as well out there that they grab a hold of a good stretch of golf from time to time. And they look like they're one of the best players in the world. Then they go away for a while. Right. There's there's a handful of those type of players out there and in and, and, and testament to the to the Rory's and the Scotties and those people that don't ever let go. Right. Um, 
it's I just think Burns is on on another uptick after being on a on a serious downtick for a while. Awesome, Bob. Yeah, I was gonna go um maybe with Rory, uh Jason Day Rory. Um it's nice to see Jason Day playing better. He's had some physical issues. Um he's tough in those match play tournaments, but I don't know. I I I was like you, Alan. I watched a little bit that semifinal. I came back <clears throat> later and I thought, wow, it is Rory and Scotty in the finals. And then I looked up in the top corner. I went, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. Um, I thought, I don't know. I just thought Rory was going to win that event. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a different one at you that he just, I think he's a rising force or just intriguing. It's going to be intriguing to watch his development. Kurt, Kitty, Kurt Kitayama. How about, I mean, he was strong in the, in, in this weekend or this whole week, actually. Yeah. I've been watching him for a couple of years in Europe, you know, cause I watch the European tour every Saturday and Sunday morning, <laughs> but he's, yeah, he, I agree with you. He's, He's going to be there for a while, I think. He does look like a tough player. He's just steady, Bobby. I mean, if you had a chance to to follow his, not a whole lot. Um, I don't know the the golf instructor sort of in me looks at his swing, and you know that's the, the part about will beat skill in hockey and NHL. They always talk about in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Like some of what I see when he swings, I go, he just gets it in the hole. It might not be the most aesthetically pleasing or, um, and, you know, again, I haven't seen a thousand swings of his. So to be fair, but what some of the swings I see, I go, guy just can get in the hole, you know, good confidence. Yeah. It's, it's not the same as looking at Xander Shoffley swing, is it? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Another name to throw out there, Alan, on on your list of people to watch for, Adrian Moronk, another guy that I've watched play a lot of European tour golf. He's from Poland. He's a really tall kid. Oh, that's the tall. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I, I was watching him in the three. Well, interestingly, in the three person playoff. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was him. Was a, it was Kitty right and uh, Finau. And, and Finau, I mean, a case study of one hole. I mean, Tony, I I still think Tony's going to have a great year. Case study of that hole. I've never seen Tony Finau butcher a hole as bad as he butchered number one in the uh, the playoff at the Dell this week. Yeah, I didn't. I missed that. But Finau, like his first two matches, was just stomping his opponents. Yeah. And then, he, then he ends up not getting in. Well, he pulled. He he he, um, he either pulled. He actually, I think he thought he had hit a great tee shot down the left side. He puts it in the bunker on one, and then proceeds to airmail a back pin placement, and it drifts down into the hazard. And he literally, he must have shot. He thought he had no chance to even get it up the hill, so he literally plays out to the side and tries to, for his fourth shot, which he was going to need to make to to continue in the playoff. He so he's trying to chip in for four to try to save his spot to continue on to number two. It was, for as good as he had played earlier in the week, it was just, I mean, 
He chopped it up like a Japanese steakhouse. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Little teppanyaki. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we bid adieu to Austin, any final thoughts from a historical perspective, Bob? I'll reiterate my other comment that I hope heck that the PGA Tour keeps a match play tournament on the schedule. I think it's good. I think it's fresh. I think people, uh, you know, historically it's been around for hundreds of years and the PGA Championship was uh, conducted at match play. The average golfer out there should play more match play. It would help pace of play. It would help the enjoyment of the game. Um, It just... I don't know. Yeah, the historian to me would be very sad if this thing goes away. Uh, so I think Golf Talk Live should sponsor the next match play championship. All right, we'll but, make it happen. Put that on the the uh, AP wire. No, I'm 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 going to make it happen. I'm going to call Pop Stroke and we're in. Um, we may not we may not get the best field out of the gate, but <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Well, we I'll tell you. The so we're going to turn the page then, and we're going to talk about the Valero. And really, the only storyline at the Valero is one guy, and he wears orange. <laughs> Can Ricky Can Fowler? Because it's done. The last in, four 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 more invites went out. The aforementioned Jason Day being one of them. I I am so happy to see him back at Augusta. Yeah. So who else makes it back to Augusta? And all eyes are on Ricky. I mean, what a tall order he's got this week at Valero, which I think he actually plays well because it's a firm and fast golf course. Foreshadow to to a, a future topic tonight's show. Ooh, that was smooth. Thank you. Yeah. Andy, any well, thoughts just... on any thoughts? Does Ricky even have a chance or is there too much pressure on the guy? No, I I, I think Ricky's on a roll. Rick right. roll, that is. Um no, but I think he's he's <laughs> we're too old to say Rick rolled, but um, no, I think he's, he's on a good, a good path right now. And whether it happens that he gets in the masters and who knows, probably not, but I think I would bet a lot of money that he's in next year's masters. Uh, I, I agree with that. I mean, he is, uh, I'm going to, I'm clamoring for my web browser here as we're talking, but, uh, Bobby, what are you, what's your thoughts on slick Rick? Uh, you know, if he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's, uh, appeals to a certain demographic. Um, if he makes it, he'll be like some of the other, I think 88 players in the field. Um, 89, show up. 89, 89, 89. Um, I don't want to sound too caustic, but it's like uh, Kardashian-like if he makes it or doesn't. I mean, like, what a great guy, really nice guy, but uh, I'm struggling here. But I well, he makes, he, he makes and, it. and I, I found I found the piece of information I was looking for. He didn't even move at all, so he remains at 59. So uh, he needed obviously make it to the knockout round before he was going to probably have any move up. So he's got to win. He's got to win to get into Augusta. Something else that's going on to Augusta. Something that BE talked about last previously on a show. What's this week at Augusta? Well, it's the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the Drive Chip and Putt. 
It is. And who better to talk about both the man himself, Boston Bob. Founder. Creator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bobby, a... seriously, Bobby, big week at Augusta, right? Yeah. Um, it and it showcases what Augusta's been thinking about for years to do some things in the golf space to dare I say not grow the game, but expand the game or expand the awareness. Really, nobody in golf can expand awareness like Augusta National Golf Club. So if they do a female amateur event, it's going to expand awareness. If they do a youth golf event, it's definitely going to expand awareness. I can tell you from the years I was overseeing D.C. drive, chip, and putt, um, yeah, it, it made a difference in expansion, made a difference in how many kids ex were exposed to the game. I always said easy to expose, hard to retain. Uh, but, I mean, John Chippapad has done some pretty magical things over the years. Um, very, very privileged to be part of the team that brought that to life and grew that. Um, How many years up, is this? What's that? How many years is this? Um, the first national finals was 2013. So, God, has it been that long? Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I walked into the – PGA CEO's office and they threw a folder down and they're like, uh, you're going to oversee this thing. And we're not sure if we're going to call it putt, chip, drive, drive, putt, whatever. <laughs> you know, I remember, and then I had to get a hundred, uh, true story. I had to get a hundred local qualifiers within 30 days. I had to work with 10 sections and I told the sections, you can't tell anybody why you need to secure this site and the qualifying date. Augusta National is going to make the announcement in April. True story. Like, so I had to get 100 facilities, 100 sites in 30 days. I couldn't tell anybody what it was for. Get out of like here. Yeah, no, true story. That's like Dis that's like that's like Disney buying uh, 25,000 acres yeah. in uh, Orlando. I felt like I was in the CIA. <laughs> it was like, but, but just think think of how much more difficult it is to do it without letting everybody know and how easy it would have been to do it with letting them know. Right. Yeah. They, everybody's like, why are we doing this? I said, you'll know, like whatever that press conference was, chairman, Billy Payne, they wanted to make the announcement. Um, so yeah, I, I was there on the ground floor when we started. Um, I mean, uh, how, we do, how do you, how do you make that phone call to, because for example, I believe, Hershey Country Club, maybe not one of the first years, but certainly the second year, Hershey Country Club was one of the sites. And I say that because I know for a fact that uh, Andrew was, I think Andrew was even chipping or putting, not putting well, but he was he was chipping. So, oh yeah, yeah. how do you how do you how do you make that phone call? Hey, uh, this is Bob at the PGA uh, National Office, and I need to. Uh, I need to secure a site. It's going to be a junior golf oriented event, but I can't give you any more details. You do it very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, well, I had worked with all the section EDs and they were great. Um, so 10 sections had to get 10 uh, sites. I had to do the follow-up. Um, and I worked with uh, JJ Weaver at Augusta National, one of the co-head pros, Beth Major at the USGA, Ron Cross, Ron was at Augusta National with JJ. Ironically, Ron is the chief tournament officer at Live Golf right now. Right. Uh, so I've stayed in touch with Ron. He's a great, great guy. 
Uh, Matt Williams came into Augusta National after we, uh, when Ron left. Um, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing. I remember being at Augusta National the first year. I was by the caddy, um, the caddy building, and the drive was going on, and Billy Horschel walked out, and I'm standing there, and he looks at me, and he goes, if I was that age and I was hitting a shot right there, I'd be peeing my pants. <laughs> never forget it. Um, here's another quick story. I was standing there that first year on the uh, Saturday. We were so Sunday's a drive trip to Putt National Finals. Saturday, we're working with the uh, Augusta National and you in the um, the Golf Channel to go through all the paces and all the camera angles, this and that. And this guy walks out with his girlfriend to uh, go on the golf course, hit a few balls, warm up, and you know go through the paces to get ready for the Masters. And I said to JJ Weaver, I said, "Hey, who's that guy over there?" He goes. That's uh, Patrick Reed. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yeah, he's here really early, uh, really working on his game, wants to play well. I'm like, oh, okay. Never heard of the guy. <laughs> wow. Yep. No Tony Rick stories. Um, that first year, Bubba Watson was in his hotel room, saw what was going on, runs out there, jumps in, you know, runs by me. He didn't really talk to me, but he said, what can I do to help? This is amazing. What's going on? Um, you know, it was some really, really cool stories. My son, Robert, got hit a putt on the 18th green in the walkthrough. Um, I did not get to hit the putt. He did, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of good memories. But at the end of the day, you know, Augusta National trying to do everything they can um, strategically to grow the game, quote, unquote, get people looking at the youth game, get people looking at the women's game. There are other things that are coming up. I can't say I've been, you know, told in confidence, but um, there's some really neat things that Augusta is going to do. I, I remembered that line from, uh, well, I, I remember it from the Spider-Man movies because I'm into that. Uh, BE can be into uh, WWE. I could be into Spider-Man movies. So, um, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, and Augusta has certainly stepped up with their responsibility. Yep. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, especially from from a viewpoint of them being the exact opposite, which I think they used to be um, viewed as, and I think they've they've done an amazing job in the last ten years. Well, it built it. It, it could it fosters that allure of Augusta even more. I think here's this incredible venue that's doing these incredible things. And now even more people are paying attention to Augusta. Yep. And yet you still can't look at oh, folks. If you could see this Boston Bob's holding up a photo of a much younger Boston Bob standing, <laughs> standing next to Gary player in his green jacket. That was Bob under the big, blue jacket. <laughs> I got my blue jacket. Uh, that was under the, the tree. I mean, like you talk about unbelievable out of body experiences that, I mean, like, you know, stand there with Gary player and go, Hey, Mr. Player, it's Bob. I was at river run golf club in Ocean city. One of your second designs. Yes. I mean, it's like, I'm looking around having this conversation going, is this really happening? Um, so that, I mean, really special memories. So I got a transition here for one second and Watch, I'm going to do this, Andy. Augusta National, great champion, Tiger Woods, name is in the news just as of yesterday on social because Mike Trout 
Vineland, New Jersey will become the next destination for a Tiger Woods design. And where's Vineland, New Jersey? You can't get there from here. <laughs> but Mike Trout got there, got out of there, and he is going back to his roots. He's contracted uh, TW to uh, design a national caliber club. And as, before we hit record, I mean, South Jersey has got some amazing private club venues down there. Right, Bobby? There's some really I, – I think New Jersey gets – people think of Pine Valley, but then they go, uh, what else is up the turnpike? Uh, exit 7. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were some unbelievably great courses in New Jersey, unbelievably historical course in New Jersey. Um, you got to believe this is going to be pretty special. Um, yeah, I saw that information on uh, the communication on Tiger and Trout, so I figured this has got to be pretty special. I mean, South Jersey, Andy, there's and – forgive me, Jersey, but there, there's really not a lot of people. Once you go below I-195, you got Cherry Hill, you got Atlantic City – there's not a big populace, but you have Pine Valley, Tavistock, Woodcrest, Hidden Creek, uh, Galloway, a top 50 golf course uh, in the nation, AC Country Club, home of the birdie, Union League uh, National, you've got uh, uh, Stone Harbor, and now add to that uh, whatever he's going to call it. on uh, Oh, Trout Run, I think it's going to be called, at the Reserve or something like that. Uh, you're yeah, just gonna I mean, to, you're just gonna have to come east and uh, play a little golf, Andy. Well, I'm I'm uh, I started playing golf in eastern Pennsylvania um, as a kid and played a lot of golf in New Jersey. And I I think people tend to when they think of New Jersey, they think of New York City. And the bottom line is there's a ton of great golf in the state of New Jersey. A ton of it you just you just mentioned a bunch and there's you know that much more in northern new jersey you know baltisherall and springfield and yeah i didn't even get to the, i didn't even get up to the north i mean right exactly yeah. great state for golf it is telling Tell did some really good stuff in that state and his design yeah telling does great work anywhere i love his yeah. He's one of my favorites. He's underrated. I, I very underrated. I agree. Um, so Augusta, Tiger Woods, great golf courses. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Augusta National, seven eleven. Congressional, six four. Wingfoot, seven five. Pinehurst number two, six ten. Marion, 6-4. Harbortown, 5-1. Basketball what you, lineup. What do you think I'm talking about? Oh, historical one. Yeah, basketball lineup? No? <laughs> Could be. Oh, no. Mr. Hydorn. Oh, no. Mr. Hydorn, this is the USGA stint meter readings from 1977. So when you think of Augusta National and the fact you have to barely touch it and breathe on it and it blows off the front of the green, it wasn't always the case. We got people at third-rate country clubs bitching all day long when their greens aren't 10s or 11s. Yep. I got I got people bitching at, at a, 
a largely public venue that has a lot of it has does have a we do have an annual membership but we have 40 some thousand rounds most of them daily fee and we're rolling at a nine yeah so i i remember distinctly my dad um we were living in allentown pennsylvania at the time and my dad got invited to go play oakmont and oakmont was notorious for having the fastest greens anywhere and on this list, Oakmont stimped out at nine eight, which was by far there's nothing else even in the eights, uh, maybe one other eight, but but Oakmont had the fastest greens. And at nine eight, I, I just remember my dad coming home from playing there, saying, "You would not believe how crazy fast these greens are." And and I guess it 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 begs the the larger point of what have we become right i mean we're so accustomed to you know all of these these unbelievable you know manicured greens and course conditions and you know we talk about the golf ball rollback and and all that's good to talk about but god this stuff is every bit as important and relevant to any of those conversations as you know, golf ball distance. I mean, these are amazing numbers you just read off. So o Oakland Hills, the next closest to that at eight, five. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Bob, I've said for years, the Augusta complex, I hate to, this is where I'm going to knock on Augusta because it's so, it's made for television beauty in one respect, but it's such an unusual venue that it puts all the rest of the industry at a disadvantage. Yay or nay? Oh, yay. Everybody looks at, well, you look at even pick a tour event that for four days is on TV. They prep for 50, 50 weeks to get ready for that one week, four days. So people lose sight of that. Um, I've seen many, many articles over the years that regardless of the golf ball, the club, or anything, the most, the, the one, um, the one thing or the one item or the one whatever you want to call it that has advanced the game more than anything else is uh, the mower in golf. Yeah. I mean, it's a simplified version, but you talk about greens, centimeters, and the agronomy. Uh, we're going to have Red Evans, the CEO of the Golf Course Superintendent Association, on our show pretty soon. And we'll talk to him about that. Uh, the superintendents, unbelievably scientific in how they keep the golf course is unbelievably scientific on water usage and you know that part of the game if they think of the golf ball to me i think of the, the athletic achievements the working out that these players are doing but you can't escape that the agronomy the what's going on with the plant what's going on with the green what's going on with the fairways i mean and you know we've talked about this there's a lot of municipals now you go to the municipal and the fairways are better than some of the great golf courses of 75 years ago. So I, I two, two points. One is I mentioned earlier the Valero, fast and firm, right? And this does tie Andy back into the whole golf ball. You know, these guys are going to be playing fast and uh, these fairways are stimping at those kind of numbers, if not greater. Yep. And, and I, I, a great story I was, I was starting to tell you guys um, before I hit record is – 
that I worked for the PGA section office myself there in the mid-Atlantic section, uh, left there to pursue another opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. But the section office, they, they called me up and they said, Hey, can we get together and chat in the middle of this conversation? They're like, how can we as PGA golf professionals differentiate ourselves and show our value? And I can't wait to talk to, to uh, who is it from the GCN? Right. Yeah, thank you. Right, everyone. Yeah. Because I remember the statistic. Now, this is 20 years ago, and I guarantee you the number is obviously much higher today. But I remember reading at that time with the average agronomic budget was about $300,000, labor and chemicals uh, expenses. And in a five-year period, that number doubled to $600,000. And the superintendents, they got it figured out. I mean, obviously they were raising their budgets, making the products even better and better and better, or the market was demanding of them to do that. Andy, what say you? Yeah, I I think the, the evolution of expectations in golf course condition probably played the largest part in that right i mean we all know that that when the greens are cut at a really low height they're more susceptible to wilt they're more susceptible to to you know disease all that stuff and you know that therefore you have to mitigate all those things and it's just it's the expectations of of those sort of conditions are the number one factor in this whole equation to me Bobby. Yeah, I totally agree. The the I, I think with the the presence of TV golf and you got people at quote unquote nice golf clubs going, how good that looks next week, another TV show or another another TV coverage. Oh, the place looks really good. Next week, place looks really good. People are playing their club going, Oh, should we look like what they do on TV? The different parts of the country are gonna have in Chicago, LA, Houston, Dallas, Boston, Philly, wherever you're going to have your, your club. And then all the other clubs try to aspire to that club. And it's a race to the bottom. Um, you know, I've seen it my whole life. So, you know, I, yeah, I can't wait to have Red Evans on because, uh, you know, I, I, some of my best friends in the world are golf course superintendents. I hold them in the highest regard. Um, you've got somebody that if I'm a golf course owner, and I entrust somebody to oversee a multi-million dollar asset, you know, that's a big deal. People sometimes think of the Bill Murray superintendents. So it's like, wait a minute, golf courses use a tenth, maybe less than a tenth of the water that people think. It's very sophisticated. They have drought-resistant grasses. They have sophisticated sprinkler heads. In my neighborhood, I lose my mind because my neighbors are watering every day. I'm like, what are you doing? You're wasting water. I was on the water advisory committee in the state of Maryland. The uh, governor, Paris Glendening, appointed me and the superintendent at Chevy Chase. And I used to sit in these meetings and I learned so much. Lumber yards, nuclear plants, homeowners, everybody in the world wastes water. But everybody in the world looks at a golf course and you see sprinklers on and they go, oh, there goes that golf course. Sprinkling well, you water. Remember, you remember when we had Stephen Kay on and he, and he gave that yeah. example about the reservoirs and and uh water usage and how it would impact uh new york city yeah two hours yeah (laughs) that's crazy 
It's crazy. I mean, here's another here's another one. Talking about New York and the New York area. Shinnecock. Seven two stimp meter. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, so so the other part of this discussion is the evolution of grass, right? Um and I I I live in a Bermuda area, so Bermuda especially when I was going to school at University of South Florida in the early to mid eighties, the um grasses, the Bermuda grasses were damn you old. Yeah. <laughs> were, were coarse. They were thick. Yep. They just weren't very, you know, extremely grainy. They weren't good surfaces at all. But that was the that was what you had down there, right? And now you know, I was at the medalist a couple of weeks ago and Matt Wolf was telling us, he goes, yeah, when I have to go play other places on tour, he goes, I got to dial it back because medalist greens are always so perfect. And I think it's amazing that that some of these, you know, Bermuda strands, I think champion Bermuda um, is just so good now. And it's it provides such a great putting surface. And it's it is sturdy. It doesn't need a lot of. I mean, all these things. It, it the the advancements in the science of it too is uh, plays a big part in it. So here's a here's a question for both of you, uh, Bobby. We'll go we'll go with you first. Are you seeing a shift in terms of obviously there's water restrictions? Look at Denver, for example. They basically have shut off golf courses across the across the board almost so, so there's obviously this massive control on water usage with golf courses for the aforementioned per perceived usage by a golf course but just in designs the rugged design is the in design now look at look at whistling straights look at uh abandoned dunes look at some other, look at pinehurst is that the new norm to bring back the Maybe not in the playing areas. See how I quoted that playing areas, uh, tees, fairways, greens. But in the is the roughs going to have a more rugged feel? Do you think? As they say, brown is the new green. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that for years. Yeah, I think you take care of your greens. Tees. Does that mean you? Does that mean you're going to have a burr in regulation? Could <laughs> be. Orange is the new black. Yeah. Andy, what do you say? No, I, I definitely agree. I, I just think that that and I think Ben Crenshaw and Bill Core did a service to the industry uh -oh. to kind of bring back um you know kind of the the good feelings about the ruggedness of of you know the turf in, in certain parts of the year, right? And if you go overseas and you play there. Some seasons it's green, some seasons it's brown. And you know what? That's the way it's supposed to be. I, you know what? And and I've not had the pleasure, partially because I hate planes. Um, can I get a boat? I, 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 I can't wait to bring my shortened backswing over to, uh, to the uh, Scottish Lynx golf course and play those unusual shots off the brown fairways or the green fairways. I just, Andy. I mean, it's got to be cool, right? It's it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. 
Maybe I can putt. Maybe I can putt my way around the golf course. Putt from anywhere. Nice. It's, it's so interesting because people go, like members of my club, people I know, you go over to Scotland, England, you play these less than perfect conditions, but they're playable. Greens are good. They come back here and expect lushness. Like I, I just can't get that. That it's just it's just weird. Um, and I even, I even think too, Bobby, that that it's the difference between a really competent superintendent and an incompetent one is is how much water do they use? Oh yeah, yeah. There's, I always said it was an, a blend of art and science. Yeah, and it could be the same with golf instruction. Um, and some other things, but um, when when you might even airify and, and move it a day or two either way because of conditions and the rain and you know there's always a blend of art and science in there. Um, you know, I with with what I've gone through the last three four years of my life, the idea of the analogy of golf is like life has never been more crystal clear and laser into my mind than uh, the last few years that. When you play golf, if you get a bad lie, you got to make the best out of it. Um, you know, things like that. You get a bad bounce. You just got to – that thing I said to one of our podcasts recently, difference between Tom Watson and Greg Norman. Watson got bad lies. His caddy said – Watson would say, hey, watch this. Hold my beer. Norman yeah. would bitch and moan and complain. So I got I, I got a, one final thought on this, and we're going to move move on, which is – Scottish, the 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 courses over there, predominantly the greens are, are a lot of fine fescues and what yeah. have you. If you think about it, they did fine fescues at Chambers Bay, right? What was the one event, the one U.S. Open that they bitched beyond belief? Yeah, I I would say that if my memory serves me correct, the problem there wasn't the fine fescue it was that the fine fescue was infiltrated by other grasses and the greens were a combination of splotchy different right, right. but isn't that you know i mean in the grand scheme of things again go back to scotland i love i love the the worm worm cam on some of the old videos you see for past open championships and you're watching the ball just bounce as it's going to the hole yeah, can we can we just for a second talk about putting and and how putting, I like to talk, I like to talk about putting. Yes, you do. Putting used to be so much harder, and and it it was it's almost a completely different act than it is yeah. now, because now people flowing strokes they they topple the ball on the green. I mean, you had to smash your putts. The Bobby Locks, the, you know, people who are literally pop stroke, Gary Player, you know, it, it just, it's an entirely different action than it used to be. And it was way harder before. There was a period where there was more loft on a driver than, oh, wait a minute. Let me, there's more loft on a putter than a driver. Yeah. That time because the grasses were so high, you needed the loft to get the putter, to get the ball rolling. That's yep. insane. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah um, some of the putters were six, seven degrees. Yeah. I mean, easily five, six, seven degrees um, because you needed that to get the ball going. 
So For I'm sure. gonna walk, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk across the Swillican Bridge and we're gonna get ourselves to the 18th green here now since we're in Scotland. And final thoughts, Mr. Hydorn, let's go to you first. So like always, I can't ever have one final thought. I have to have no, two. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> just uh kind of a, a cool ending to John Cook's career. Um of professional competitive golf last week you know the champions tour is now playing at mission hills where the uh dinosaur was and the davisco and um it's pretty cool that that golf course is still part of of professional golf and a quick shout out to my buddy jj wood who is the director of instruction at northgate country club and playing in the valero this week as the STPGA player of the year. So good luck, JJ. Nice. Bobby. Uh two things as well. Since we have we're missing some of our padres. Um the match play, just want to say it again. Hopefully it stays there. Uh hopefully people play more match play at their club than anything else because it's a pure form of golf and bad hole doesn't matter, move on. Um and then Going a little off uh, topic for sport, um, getting ready for the baseball season. We hope that our uh, Bo Sox, Local 9, Red Hose can <laughs> have a respectable year um, because they're, they're from a historical perspective, um, they've had some rough time lately and it would be sad where the uh, Fenway faithful would not have their Boston Red Sox at the top of the mind like they do the Bruins. Probably super, I mean, Stanley Cup uh, champion Celtics look real good. And uh, who knows about the Patriots. So got to throw in some Boston sports there every now and then. Oh, boy. My final, well, I'm going to take two also. So uh, one is you want to read a pretty cool article because I know this is a, a fluid changing thing. Hop over to golf, golfchannel.com. Uh, Rex Hogger has a uh, the outline of the PGA Tour's eligibility FedEx points for the designated events starting in 2024. I can bore you with all the statistics and numbers, but if you want to see what makes up the PGA tours designated events and how they're going to do that, it's a pretty good article. And the other one I'm shouting out to Boston, Bob, because he's entertaining the hell out of us with his march down uh, memory lane as he's packing up his boxes. And uh, where are you heading to Bobby? <laughs> heading to the uh, bluegrass state. Kentucky, outside of Lexington, more to more to come on that. We're going to do a uh, one of our podcasts there. I guarantee you, we're we'll be on the Bourbon Trail, playing some golf uh, outside of Lexington at the Woodford Club. Shout out to the Woodford Club! All right, so in the absence of uh, Christian, our prettiest podcaster, Andy, I got to naturally throw it to you. Hit it long and straight because it's better than hitting it short and crooked. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> you only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, 
be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member Alan Depew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.